0: Cord. Victoria and thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. We have cups of coffee, which um, is something that I think we share an interest in that we discovered through Twitter. Uh, <laughs> so we have coffee. It is the afternoon. It's two p.m. on the what day is it? Seventh of May. Seventh of May, um, two thousand and nineteen. And I'm delighted that you agreed to take part um, in contributing an episode to this because. Um, well, I know you as, I've met you as um, a course coordinator last year when you did um, an intercalating degree, an MSc degree in Global Health and Management at the University of Aberdeen. But can you tell us what it is you're actually studying and how that all came to be? Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> not
1: conventional. And- <laughs> <laughs> um to study a uh, master's in global health and that's why um, um so yeah i'd always been interested in doing a master's i remember actually the reason I, <laughs> the reason i wanted to do a master's because my mom did one. and oh. um, so she did one when i was I know, like 14 or 15 and i remember like her doing all her protocol presentations and stuff and like making me sit and listen to them oh and, wow <laughs> and me being like <laughs> um, but I remember like when she finished and she got her like master's bind- binded and, um, and it being like a big thing and going to her graduation yeah. and being like oh I want to do this <laughs> oh really so it was that bit like, yeah. and was that just
0: university in uh, full stop or was that uh, definitely a master's research that kind of thing yeah
1: so you? she went she was at Leeds university okay. she was doing it part-time um, and she didn't want okay so she, she was doing it over two years so like the end was like a huge thing for her yeah she was like thank god it's done got to the end yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so it was a big deal and then i was yep. like oh that sounds really cool i want to do it um so we got the we, we get the option to take a year out between either third year or fourth year of okay. medicine um and it had just become an option that we could do a master's um so i was like oh might as well <laughs> do it then yeah yeah because i thought i got out about two
0: Yeah, that's quite uh, particularly with medicine, which is quite a, sort of, well, I suppose there are lots of opportunities to specialise or to be a sort of general, like GP or something like that, but actually that's not quite true for you because you have quite a different route into medicine. Yeah. So can you tell us a bit about how you decided you were going to do medicine and how you came to Aberdeen and yeah, that Yeah,
1: so, well, I used to want to be a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that was always a dream. Yeah. And was like you like talking right too much because I was like, <laughs> <laughs> stuck in a lab um, yeah. and I'm quite like a social person so um and mum did radiography and um, so she was like oh come in and like see what it's like in the hospital and like see what you'd be interested in doing and then I kind of just I don't really I don't really know how I got to do to choose medicine and just kind of came around what it looks like to do mm-hmm. um so I did first year medicine and I loved it So I joined the um, Army Reserves mm-hmm. um, and I was like, oh I really like this, it's quite fun. Um just like the outdoor aspect and also getting to be mentioned as well. Um, so in third year I decided to join the army. Um so I did selection and stuff and then got a grocery to join once I graduate. So in summer I'll be off to Firmley Park Hospital in to be an army doctor.
0: Wow. So I hadn't realised. So I knew you you were in the army, but I hadn't realised it wasn't until third year that you yeah. actually joined. Oh wow! I'd always thought about the military, like okay, in yeah. school.
1: Um, the school I went to were very like they wanted everyone to join the military, um, mm-hmm. and I'd always thought about it, but I was just like, Ooh. oh my gosh, like I'm not fit enough, like and I'm not like I'm a soldier, like in the comments. So, um, and my family had always been like, well, <laughs> so.
0: That. Yeah. So So that's in Aberdeen, there's a TA branch, is it associated with the university? Yeah, yeah. so
1: it's um, Officer Training Corps, mm-hmm. so it's, its main function is to um, get people to think about the army, either reserves or regulars. Um, and you can also have the opportunity to train with other units, so mm-hmm. I've trained with like reserve infantry units and reserve medic units. So I kind of have a little idea what I'll be doing. But
0: okay. <laughs> Wow, yeah. gosh that's funny interesting exciting and are you there among your cohort at the moment are you you the only person in this situation or there are others who are also so there's one other guy in the
1: year and then one guy in the year below me so there's actually a few of us and because the the army only takes 30 people a year from the whole of the uk oh really yeah so wow so it's strange that there's
0: like a few is it quite competitive to get in in that yeah you have to pass There's a lot to put yourself through after two years of medical school yeah. already and be like, why did I just make this?
1: Yeah, I know, I
0: was in the middle of like placement and <laughs> trying to balance
1: all of it, it was, yeah know, I don't want
0: to make my life No. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, wow. And how did, so, you're doing that, and so then when you graduate, but then obviously you did your uh, master's degree, so you've actually it would be six years that you'll have studied in total. Yeah. So is that okay with the army? Is that like looked upon as it? quite a good thing to have done the extra year? Yeah. Well, so I had to write a letter to the army asking for permission yeah. to like take a year out of training, um, and they were fine
1: with it. And um, the army are very like keen to get their officers to do master's degrees. Yeah. So if I hadn't done it. Not It while you're. Yeah. And do you think the
0: learning from that will, you know, in terms of thinking about what you'll do when, once you graduate um, in medicine, you ga- mentioned, I can't remember the name of the, the hospital now. Oh,
1: Grimley Park. Grimley Park.
0: So that's Ooh. where all the, the army medics go? Yeah, yeah, it's one of the five
1: military hospitals. Okay. In mm-hmm. the UK.
0: okay. So did you apply to go there or were you, like um, that was, where you were sent?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, so there's, there's five defence hospitals, so okay. they're um, like NHS hospitals that they're funded by the part funded by the military, okay. um, and you just rank them, so one to five. So I didn't really know, and I don't really know England at all. So okay. um, I thought Birmingham was near London, and I was like, i was going to get home. Then I said like Birmingham next because it's
0: easy to next think. easy. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: then Portsmouth and Thomas so I have no idea where they were, <laughs> so I was like, no. So yeah, it was kind of a Anyway, okay.
0: Oh wow! And have you been to visit? Um, um, I've been once. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm going this
0: summer before I go to see it. But yeah, okay. Oh I don't wow! Really do that much. And will you do both? So FY1 and FY2? Can you tell us? Is that something that all once you graduate with medicine? All, who then go on to practice medicine have to do?
1: Yeah, so technically once you gr- finish medical school, you're not really doctor. And <laughs> um, so you're a doctor, but you have like a progression year, which is FY one, foundation year one, um, and then you get your full registration FY two. But that's still like a training program. Okay. So. Yep.
0: And will you do both of your years at that hospital? Yeah, I'm
1: really lucky. Yeah. So I do both there. But some people have to move to the hospitals. Yeah.
0: And you usually stay in the same deanery, but some people have to move to hospitals. So it just depends on the NHS Trust or yeah. where you are in the hospital. Yeah, because
1: there's the Trust and then there's also teaching deaneries as well. It's easy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I have to do it, You're <laughs> just in one place.
0: And in terms of what you'll cover, so in um, like those first two years, do you pick specialist areas of medicine or things that have interested you along the way or that you just get what you're given? Or?
1: Yeah, so we're lucky in the sense that there's like jobs set aside for military doctors. Yep. Um, so our first year is basically random jobs, whatever they need us to do. So I'm doing gastroenterology first, then upper GI surgery and orthopedic with Wow. <laughs> Which is quite good because it's very broad. Diverse Ooh. and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, diverse, yeah. Um, and then in second year, all military doctors have to do A&E, for obvious reasons, yeah, and GP because um, general practice makes up the bulk of our job later because yeah. we'll, we'll be working in a like barracks
0: and yeah, operational environments, yeah, so yeah. you'll be
1: doing just a lot of general stuff like rather than hospital based stuff, yes. And then your last one, you kind of choose yourself, yeah, Um. so you usually pick something that you're quite interested in. So I'm interested. Mm-hmm. So my I'm either
0: gonna be anesthetics or, or kids medicine for like which last four months. That oh, wow.
1: would be, nice. That'd be great, yeah. Yeah, it's just get exposure as well. To so those
0: definitely yeah. And are there any of those areas that you feel like oh I'm really like to me I'm going, like, Oh my god, I can't even imagine like <laughs> obviously I've not had the training either, but um all these things I think goodness, how would you I don't know, do you feel like one of them is your calling, or do you like the diversity of it, like being able to?
1: Yeah, I, I like the diversity. Um, I've, I've rolled out a lot, a lot of jobs okay. along the way. Where I've been like, I couldn't do this. Like, for example, psychiatry. I did okay. a two-month psychiatry placement this year, and like, absolutely love psychiatry. I think it's so fascinating. But I couldn't be a psychiatrist. Right. Yeah. I just yeah. think it's like the emotional burden's too high, and I just couldn't cope. Um, and I like, said I love.
0: Responsible, and yeah. It's, yeah, I find it fascinating like how it, well, just how it works you know, knowing how much to and for how long, and yeah, it's like, it's, I yeah, think it's, yeah, because there's times that it's just like really routine, and then
1: yeah, times, like you're cold, so like I like emergency stuff, okay, in anesthetics, like you're the one that's cold when like it's really bad, so that's very exciting, yeah, Um, Amy's really fun.
0: Yeah, so it's yeah. Horrible.
1: And then there's there are times, and just like you get so much like, boring
0: stuff in the door. And I just be like You're more of that kind of high pressure decision making, yeah. having to deliver.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah exactly. Just something exciting. Yeah. yeah. And do you think that will happen? So obviously, after you're FY2 and you're finished, you'll get military postings then. Yeah, so then it gets very different mm-hmm.
1: to everyone else. So everyone else would either take a year or start special training. Um so we finish F2, we get a month off, and then we have to go to Sanders for officer training. Okay. So we have to go for two months to train as an officer. Um
0: so that's it's like, all military
1: focused, That's totally military focused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we do a six-month um, postgraduate degree in trauma medicine mm-hmm. at the
0: And so there will be two-year postings. Yeah, so we, so we that, get yeah. two two-year
1: postings. Okay, and that's our contract
0: finished. Okay, so once you've delivered on both of those, yeah, then yeah, and I suppose then you can continue if you wanted to stay in the military and do yeah, that. Yeah, so then they'll try to funnel you into a specialty job. Yeah. So they'll take, they like,
1: they want GPs, and they'll take okay. like a few like anaesthetists, trauma surgeons, and um, any
0: doctors. So field medicine then. Yeah. It just depends on the posting and the. Situation, yeah, and what you want. Like, yeah. You don't want to have to move around every two years. So yeah. Like, Gosh. So. so it's all very exciting. Yeah. But quite nice to actually know what you are doing because I'm guessing, quite. You mentioned that some people like travel after the FY2 and to different countries. So I suppose for people who don't have the kind of military component to their sort of future plan after they graduate, there's less. Structure maybe yeah. or more indecision. I don't know. Maybe some people are really focused and others. Yeah, know, and so.
1: it's almost like there's too many options that you're like have to do anything. Yeah. But that's scarier than being kind of funneled
0: into something that you know you're going to have to do. Yeah. I find that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to. Oh, that's so. Good. But and I suppose travel as well will be quite. No. <laughs> but actually, not being in the UK is something that you um, uh, are not uncomfortable with having <laughs> recently returned um, to the UK from Ethiopia. Can you tell us a little bit about how you came to be in Ethiopia and what you've been doing? Um, yeah, so I was in Ethiopia on my
1: mental elective, um, which is a cont- <laughs> uh, last year when I did um the workplace basement with soapbox. Um and I was working on overcarding and maternity awards and uh, with soapbox and doing a literature review for them and um, to create a knowledge summary on the suggestion and the fact that there's no literature on um maternal overcarding. Um, and then I had a do you remember I had a thesis project? It yeah. Was in a proper one
0: day and I was like oh I'd love to continue this project so it's really, I was really fascinated by yeah. it and she was like oh well, you can you can
1: like, do
0: that instead because it was with the NHS was it the other yeah, project yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. it was data like analysis yeah it's a really quite
1: numerical yeah. kind of thing <laughs> yeah but yeah so then she was like yeah you can uh, she was, and then, so I was happy enough. I was gonna keep continuing the research, and then she emailed me one day, and she was like, "Oh, I've just been speaking to Heather there, and like, um, she said, you know, that you have the option to go away, and I think it'd be really useful if you went to Ethiopia yeah. and actually like did the work that you've said that should be done on recording.
0: so get like, to do it for real. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so Soapbox is a charity, non-government organisation. Yeah. Which is based in Aberdeen or University yeah. of Aberdeen and it's um is, so Professor Wendy Graham is a director
1: yeah of
0: it. so she's part well she used to be university staff here yeah now she's at London
1: College yeah. or London School Drunk
0: of Medicine yes so she's there and but she's based in Aberdeen for her soapbox yeah she's done a lot of work around global health and maternal health yeah she's so she's been like a real <laughs> kind of mentor guru yeah, like yeah. You can say. So working with her must have been. <laughs> yeah, she um. So I'd read her. So she was editor of the Lancet series on maternal
1: health, and I'd read that before I met her. Oh wow, seriously, so like. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah, so when I was like, when I said she was my supervisor for the um,
0: toolbox workplace placement,
1: so I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was <mean, laughs> like, referenced their so time. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was. like i'll present something to her that i'm like i have no idea what like how to interpret this and she'll come back and just how it's she, just it's so like well thought out mm-hmm. and methodical and you're like why well, do you not think of that yeah so it's nice to have like be able to buy ideas off her and stuff and um, having her as my supervisor for my master's and then again for my lecture was really nice to have that continuity that continuity
0: so uh, for almost three courses or three three components of your study yeah. uh, within kind of two-year period, you say the continuity, but also I suppose and this is probably quite a a problem with um, lots of research projects, they're quite time limited and you never get to see the progress because maybe it's handed on to somebody else or just because of the nature of short-term research projects and degree study, you have to kind of keep moving, but actually for you, you've designed something, done it, and then gone back and sort of evaluated it. So having that is just incredible i was
1: really lucky yeah because after like after i did the knowledge summary like, the first phase i was like i just want to keep going and then yeah. i got to do that and then even with the elective it was so nice to like be able to pick it up again and be like oh wow yeah
0: that's <laughs> cool that's cool and just seeing it right way through and the travels you've been to ethiopia twice
1: yeah twice now. Twice. so the first time was
0: That's quite a long period of time, yeah. isn't it? Adjusting to all the lovely coffee. Yeah, coffee is good. <laughs> yeah, and the temperature though, and just like the different setup. I suppose for doing global health, and obviously in terms of your work going forward, so um, maternal overcrowding, but I guess overcrowding is an issue, and not just the maternity or hospitals, but, quite, you know, were you shocked? How did you feel about Yeah,
1: so once you kind of are attuned to like overcrowding you see it everywhere mm-hmm. so like overcrowding is a part of society in where I was in the i already be it I like the buses are overcrowded mm-hmm. like <laughs> everywhere is just crowded and um, and the more you kind of read into it the more you're just like so bad. Yeah <laughs> and it's Yeah. So it's just kinda niche topic that actually has a lot of impact when you look at it from no infection point of
0: view, but also like staff stress, patient care, that all that kind of thing. It's just everything's in everything. Yeah. And in terms of like the sort of measures, because I think having had discussions with you before, there's not a set definition for what overcrowding is. And then in terms of measuring it that's even more you know there's scales and continuing, you know and, uh, what in some places might be considered really bad might actually be quite good elsewhere re- relatively speaking so your work was really visual about how to sort of visualize it and quickly respond to it yeah so, yeah, so <laughs> yeah um well yeah
1: so there's no definition currently of There's no death. Um, serving, yeah.
0: Which you just can't get from a textbook, no. a paper, from doing like desk based work. Absolutely
1: not. And I think like even like the whole sensory experience of being on the ward, like the heat, the smell, like what you're seeing, what you're hearing, the noise, the busyness. It's just, yeah, it's a whole experience that you just can't like. I, could, I find it even hard to put into words what it was like. Mm-hmm.
0: Just yeah a consuming kind of experience yeah and, and how did you find it to work in that because that you know that initial experiencing all those things and then I suppose kind of coming to terms particularly over the longer period of time when you're there for two months and that soon becomes your every day do you think you sort of desensitize towards it or you get more used to it then? yeah absolutely like absolutely
1: during the, like when you first walk in the morning It's funny how the body does just adapt Mm -hmm. and become normal to you. I guess that's how we survive if I'm but yeah, yeah, you do you definitely desensitise and even when I said to the doctors, you know, this is the work I'm doing, they're just like, Oh, this is normal and you're like, But should not be normal? And they obviously understand that yeah and i guess it is normal Maybe for, them, it was, but yeah. for, for, for me i was like wow and just the mind of like they, instead of a tourniquet they'd use like the glove and, like just like the creativity and ingenuity for the lack of the lack of resource
0: just being innovative with what you've got yeah
1: yes. and
0: i'm like you didn't see that here. <laughs> yeah what do you think because even you know because we tend to think of um, developed, developing countries, particularly sort of global health, and thinking about millennium, millennium and Sustainable Development Goals, and all of these things and standards. But actually, you think of resources. We always hear as well that the NHS is under-resourced, and sort of. But actually, that kind of creativity, maybe there's a freedom in some senses of being able to do something yeah. with, with what you've got. Um, I mean, yeah, in terms of the NHS here, I guess it's quite regulated and
1: a lot more restricted by the protocol yeah. than allowed to kind of and i guess it's good in a way but also it does
0: restrict your creativity yeah because it's an interesting thing when you think of sort of evidence-based health and medicine as a science and then medicine as an art or an you know what, and a science um i can't remember the name of the book that i read um now um the human what was it called Human adventures in human being, oh. and it's really about the science. And I'm not going to remember the author; it's terrible. But it's, it's really about the practice of medicine as a science, but actually how it is very creative. Yeah. Um, and so it is about this kind of balancing the protocols and the kind of very human, immediate aspects of it, yeah. and
1: necessity. I think it's really interesting because every. <laughs> <But you> just, <laughs> and it's so true. Like people will call it an art and a science, but then you get to like what, fifth year now and you're like, I-, I don't think I'm creative at all. Like it's, I've not done any of the art aspect. It's all just it science,
0: science. Yeah. Critical thinking, discursive. Yeah, and I,
1: I love that aspect of
0: it. So it opens up that whole questions and debates, and I, I suppose um, diversity of voices and plurality of voices and perspectives as well. Yeah. To come in a, a program like global health, which is um, normally has quite um, a good mix of different students from different backgrounds, at different stages in careers and things like that, which is I think what I find is one of the exciting things about the program. Yeah.
1: Programme, yeah. That book, why am I We're talking to white people about race, okay. and I think like it sums up really well, like just being able to, to consider other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of the time we think we can empathize, but we really can't. Yeah. We're like, oh yeah, we know what you mean, but actually just being like, okay, that's your experience, and I'm accepting that rather than trying to empathize. With Do something it. with it. Yeah, yeah, or yeah.
0: we'll make it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it does challenge those uh, preconceptions or ideas of help, helping or being able to give answers or yeah. something like that, isn't it? It makes it a bit more, more open and just about experiencing and feel. Um, yeah, it just, I don't know, sorry, I'm not being very articulate now, I'm just taking like, my head and like oh. I <laughs> know
1: what you mean, like I think a lot of the time mm. Yeah. Which is fine but sometimes you can't. So yep. it's just being able to acknowledge that's your experience and I can never obviously relate to that and I'm not gonna try because that would just be, be offensive.
0: Be offensive, yeah. It is that thing, isn't it 'Cause you're I suppose in human nature you're trying to kind of make a connection with yeah. people or find a common ground or something that you can like say relate to. But actually sometimes that's not always Yeah, it's not
1: the best thing. the thing to do.
0: No. And I guess um, in that sense, um, and maybe I, I don't know if you, you're as you're drinking from a mug that has gender <laughs> equality um, stamped firmly on it. I've, I wanted to ask you a bit about I suppose two things or two aspects of what you do in the kind of public domain. I suppose you're quite active on Twitter um, and maybe other social media in terms of I don't know if your identity comes across as like I'm a medical, I think it kind of does. You have like that's what I do and that. Um, but you're you're quite um, a contributor to your discussions around feminism and women's rights and equality. So uh, how did you get into that, or is it with be part of you? And um, you know, how do you find that as an experience? Yeah.
1: So so my so I'm gonna
0: like caveat this all of my dream job mm-hmm. is to be a UN gender ambassador.
1: Okay. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Just <laughs> getting that in there <laughs> the now. <UN or> <laughs> um, so actually, like I wasn't into feminism at all until I was six. Okay. Um. So this is quite a funny story. <laughs> um. So I went to India in um, 2016 with a group of girl guides. So I've always been in girl guiding. Okay. It's always been like a big part of my life. Still is. Um. So Anna's given me so many experiences. Um. So when I was 16. I went to India with like a group of girls from Ulster. Um. We, none of us knew each other. And I remember going and being like, Oh, this would be kind of cool. I wasn't really that like excited. <laughs> but so I went. We were all, all, my friends that I kind of knew, we were like, oh, we'll just paint the house. Like, oh, we, like, you know, one of these typical, like, <laughs> experiences. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Um, so I remember there was, like, a sign-up sheet for all the volunteer projects that you could do. And I don't know what I was doing. I must have been too busy, like, eating or something. But I missed the sign-up for the painting. So all my friends had signed up and there was no space. And the only one that there was space <laughs> for was um, a, a charity called Green Tara and I was like, I don't want to do this so I signed up and I was so grumpy and I turned up that morning and we were like brought to this kind of like slum and I had, in the centre there was a community centre that had been built by the, like a charity called Great Tara. and this woman came out of the um, centre and she was to introduce herself and she was a, doc- she was a medical doctor mm-hmm. and I was like, oh well that kind of, I'm thinking about medicines, this might be interesting um, and she'd given up her job uh, so she'd Growing up in the slum, um, she got into medical school. She been working, I like, guess, a doctor, and obviously she was like quite affluent. And then she decided one day that like she wanted to get back to what, where she came from, so she set up this charity called Green Tara. So the whole charity was. One Just with patriarchy, Um, and I was like, This is just insane! And I was just exposed to like the whole basically like (laughs) gender equality in like a couple of weeks in India. And I started then to notice how women were treated, and especially in India, like with how men treated you and how disadvantaged you were to be a woman. And so I came back. UK panel called Africa and it's all about like girls speaking out and we do a lot of work with like government parties and mm-hmm. um, to be able so we made it's called the Girl Man, Girls Matter Manifesto and we presented it to different political parties. We went to like the Lib Dem conference, I got to be Nick Lake um and like basically trying to get girls' voices into politics. Oh wow, yeah. So that's like that was the start of feminism for me and then from there it just I just started seeing like <laughs> all of, like just like even in like everyday life how men spoke to me and um, how like i was treated differently for being a girl and then just like everything you know, I was, from there like, you notice yeah, it once you see it once yeah and then the more you see it the more you're like oh i'm really passionate about this yeah um and yeah and even the google health course just reinforced it all because obviously a lot of
0: maternal health is feminism essentially. Yes, yeah. And so. it's underpins all of,
1: of the Yeah, it does. So yeah, but so, just it's Yeah, yeah, I no, It sounds like
0: and you know, it's grounded in for a few years now then you've been just continuing along that line. Yeah. And so it sounds like some really high profile um, positive opportunities through being part of the Girl Guides and having that kind of structure and support and network for that. Yeah. Do you feel, have you ever had guess, like social media, a lot of the kind of debates are around sort of negativity on social media and trolling and things like that and some topics are or tend to get more sort of controversial responses than others and silencing of women particularly mm-hmm. online Have you ever experienced anything negative in your kind of use of social media to kind of promote these messages?
1: Oh, absolutely. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. I remember I've been told quite a lot, but I remember um, there was a picture of like a Like, every sexism and i was like why is this representing a nurse like a girl in a skirt and mm-hmm. that? like nurses don't wear that anymore and it got so many like retreats and likes and I thought, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so many trolls like yeah. Yeah, like, or it like,
0: must be related. Yeah, like, so, like, yeah. like, like we, we just can't win, and girls like, are just
1: overreacting, and like, oh, you're like a psycho, and all this, like, negativity, and I was like, and obviously, like, it didn't take it to heart, but just reading through it, I was like, why do people feel like they have to say this yeah. on social media,
0: like? So destructive and, like, closed, um, yeah. and just, like, um a, a voice being stronger, silencing your voice, because that's your opinion, but it's...
1: And so. I guess if it would guide said. Yeah, yeah. It always seems to be like when girls speak up, like yeah. people want to silence them because they're bossy or yeah, too long. seen as a
0: negative thing yeah. rather than as a leadership thing.
1: Yeah, and I find yeah. like I've definitely gotten negativity also from girls. Mm-hmm. So, I was
0: going to say, for, obviously, the, vi- the visual element is missing here for anyone yeah. listening, but um, I can confirm that Victoria is wearing a woolen knitted cardigan with big chunky buttons. Yeah, we, um, we a granny cardigan. Jeans, stuff. yes. Um, which is interesting because, you know, even I think whatever you wear is what you want to wear. It's yeah. not for specifically an audience, you know, and if it is for an audience, that's also fine, but. Um, it's, it's really odd, isn't it? That kind of it's
1: so strange.
0: yeah, and this kind of yeah, like you say, women as well, kind of um, silencing women or a- attacking other women is quite, it's quite. Uh, when you were saying about the nurses' uniform, I was thinking, um, quite timely. We've had the London Marathon, was it two two weeks ago, a week ago? There was someone who ran in, um a nurse's uniform who applied for Guinness World Record for. The fastest time for a runner running in a nurse's uniform and she has the fastest time I think from what I've read on, on um, in the news but she was wearing a modern nurse's uniform which does not meet their definition because Guinness World Records definition of a nurse's uniform is the one that you described with the skirt no and the hat so she's missed out on her Guinness World Record this year but they are it's highlighted that that was their definition, and still is their definition in 2019, <laughs> which completely ignores the fact that many nurses are male. Really <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Apart from the fact that they might all wear trousers, yeah. or, um, so it just uh, and once you start to see it, you see it everywhere. But in in some of these places, that you just think, wow, that just, yeah, yeah, it's
1: you start to see it, and then it just annoys you all the time, and you do you turn into like like that because so many times I'm just like I'm so un- angry with it and then being angry is bad obviously <laughs> apparently um, so then you just like you just smile <laughs> and you're, it's
0: so annoying <laughs> yeah. yeah and that's the thing then you find yourself being in that and then it becomes it sort of self-fulfilling or, prof- or not that but labelling theory isn't it where you kind of adore, yeah, yeah, you adopt what, what they're being called of. but I think I guess the work has to continue because otherwise it will never, because yeah, patriarchy won't, it won't beat itself, it won't <laughs> smash, crush <laughs> it's itself, true. smash itself. And you went to so the UN Dove Women thing, so the United Nations Dove Women, can you tell us a little bit about that? Because it's really yeah. exciting. Yeah, <laughs>
1: so um, Girl Guiding UK are, is part of um, Project, which is an Instagram-based project that highlights um, like real people on Instagram and um, shares their stories. So that was my advocacy project, but we were there when the UN um, General Assembly was on. Oh wow! So we got to go to the UN, which was so cool! Yeah. Yeah, um, which was really cool and um, we were supposed to you know, like, talk to them about our projects and stuff and we were supposed to like to a little body confidence and advocacy and what girl guiding was doing and it was so cool, <laughs> it was
0: really cool um, and like, I just wanted to go back to the UN <laughs> So like me a job <laughs> um, Oh, um, so yeah, yeah. that was kind
1: Mm-hmm. so um, Laura um, who's the head um, then just messaged me so sometimes they invite me to their bands, so
0: oh wow cool. <laughs> gosh they so have all these opportunities through and again through girl guides yeah, Guys, yeah. I know,
1: <laughs>
0: gosh yeah because I mean I was, a, I was a brownie and a guide but I, I suppose my involvement with the guiding stopped after that and I, I moved so I and my parents moved so I didn't I don't know how you take it up again, but actually there were all these opportunities beyond sort of I guess I stopped when I was fourteen, but really as an adult and yeah, as an no. There's a huge network it's and, huge, uh, and yes, Yeah. It's really huge. You're part of something bigger all the time and all these opportunities and experiences just add yeah. all the time. I think probably, yeah, when you submit your application to the UN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll have a really strong CV fit for that. Hopefully. <laughs> do you think you'll be able to continue once you are um, practicing medicine and you're, you know, well, how will those two things sit together? Do you think you'll be able to? Uh, yeah, this is a
1: good question. <laughs> I, I hope so. Then. Yeah. Um, my plan is to, I want to do a PhD. Okay. Um,
0: I got the research bug. Yeah, <laughs> I know.
1: I, <laughs> I don't think I would. Um yeah, so I went to do a PhD yep. and then probably do part time clinical and then part time kind of research. global oh, research yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um I don't really know why Amari's up to the end. I'm still working on lot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It sounds like you do so many things, but you're that kind of having that range of things ongoing at the same time. They all strengthen and reinforce each other, but they keep you kind of fresh and with exciting things always happening and meeting new people and networks and building. And your global network must be like enormous, (laughs) increasing all the time. And actually, even just through the different organisations, because through medicine, through the military, and through. the the guiding and then through the UN and everything it's just wow
1: I know it makes you like really consider (laughs) the whole because I think in medicine and in the military you can get very into there like I remember in first year medicine that's the thing I didn't like about it was like you just went from medical school to like medical friends at home and that was kind of it yeah
0: Yeah, because it does keep you, and it's,
1: it's kind of real time as well, it's yeah. got that kind of,
0: um, yeah, and I guess like that's what you were saying about A&E and having that immediate decision, that kind of, not the not monotonous, but that repetitive, is actually being able to experience and be exposed to lots of different things, yeah. and again, that kind of creative. And I remembered it's Gavin Francis for The Open Fabric, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah and I suppose in terms of that and the kind of yeah the diversity how have you found being like socially here because like you said about going to classes and then like socializing with, your, with like people like you I guess who understand that I'm have you become quite different or have you kept in touch with your friends you've got you're obviously a year out of sync now but is medicine so close that you kind of know the ones the students in the year that were in the year below you that you're kind of with now, but also with military, you've got other people um who are doing sort of military medicine, so you're connected with them. But are you finding? Do you find that isolating, or do you find that quite empowering that you're slightly different and have these different networks?
1: Yeah, it's it's hard, Mindy. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you're constantly like, and I guess like the theme here is actually like adapting, and I find it like it's quite fun to adapt, to like all you yeah so like when I'm in med school it's like oh I joke about medicine and but then in <laughs> military you can adapt and like speak to like I've got big friends who are like in infantry and speak about like all the stuff we do in the field and yep. like, military-wise and then when you're in like global health circles and stuff you can talk about what's going on yeah. with health-wise um, and I quite like I've got all my friends who, who, who like I'm trying to keep
0: current with empty <laughs> yeah and I guess social media like you've already said twitter and that social media really helps when you're engaging with all these different people in different capacities or with different hats on Yeah. Um, but also when you're traveling all over the place like you know you've had all these different travel opportunities that you're not in one place all the time because yeah. I was going to ask you about about that at the beginning but like why you came to Aberdeen in the first place but um and that always, you've kind of s- spent your time in Aberdeen, but you've also spent your time yeah. out of Aberdeen <laughs> as well. Um, so how have you found that the kind of So I, I originally came to Aberdeen because I'd always loved to hear my auntie and uncle here. Oh, OK. So, so I'd have... always like come to visit like, in the I Oh, OK. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And I like the aspect
1: of like, being able to go to Inverness and stuff. Yeah. Um,
0: so this year I've
1: been to Elgin, which was amazing, mm-hmm. um, Inverness, which does a lot, um, and then Shetland. but amazing place and we made like loads of friends there as well and it it is just like adapting but also i find i'm a total social butterfly but like i find meeting new people and being able to find common threads with people really fun Mm It's been be really fun and like practicing into the challenge was amazing and just being there for two months yeah, was so cool, even though it was <laughs> Yeah, it was in the winter wasn't it? It winter was winter so month. cold, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to die. I <laughs> <laughs> just want to feel warm again. I know, and then I went to the and I was like dying. I <laughs> Just warm. the opposite end. Oh.
0: It just goes, yeah, but even just having those experiences side by side of like the world yeah. and uh, how, how different it is in different places. And so, I mean, I don't know if you have any free time, <laughs> you know, and among all of this, and you have to stay very fit for your yeah, family training as well. So do you have any like, ways of relaxing or how do you cope with like switching off or do you need to switch off? Or how it works? Yeah, so people are always like, oh, have you seen this on TV?
1: I don't really watch TV. I don't really find mm-hmm. it to switch off. I, I get bored too easily. Um, Okay. And I've actually yeah. got competitive with myself, so I'm trying to read more than one book a month. So it's actually turning quite stressful. But at yeah, the start, it was fun. Um, so I just finished Michelle Obama's book. That's okay. Yeah. Um, but actually, podcasts have really chilled me out. Like I'll listen to podcasts, and chill out. I.
0: <laughs> 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 no, no. I think you've got lots going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Re- re- reading Reading. Reading. <laughs> Yeah, and like people, I guess, as well, like Michelle Obama. I remember the cover when her book first came out, it was really. Have you read it? I've not, no. Oh, it's amazing. Okay. My friend made me buy it, um, and I was like, oh, I'm not really like old like that. But oh, she's amazing, she's so inspirational. Yeah. And her books is really good. I
1: do, because I'm not really a fan of biography. Oh, right, okay, yeah. It's it's really good. It's really good.
0: I am a fan of them. I'm just finishing one I'm running at the moment by Assass Alexander which is um yeah, so once I finish that then that would be the next one then yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. the tip. Yeah. Do you
1: know
0: Yeah. How do you pick them normally? Is it recommendations? So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I love getting like recommendations people. Yeah. I think it's like more personal than anything else. Yeah. People are like, I've read this book and I think you'll like it and you're like
0: Telling you about what people think, think about, about you, yeah. yeah, or what they associate you with, yeah, Because yeah. So, most all the books, books that I've read are recommendations.
1: So recommendations? <laughs> <laughs> You've got loads
0: now, yeah. yeah the <laughs> book I read in January was um, Mary
1: Robinson's book, and my granddad recommended to me because she worked for the uh, yeah. NAF, so, I was like, Oh,
0: that's really nice! <laughs> oh, fab, yeah, that's really nice, actually. And having Different people's perspectives on you, like a grandparent, yeah. Um, and yeah, friends, and different.
1: It's fascinating. Yeah, I read something recently. It was like um, the person you are, the you think you are, is completely different to the person everyone else thinks of you. So they were like, it'd be really interesting to, to describe yourself, and then for everyone else that knows you to describe you. So none of them no would really be the same.
0: And I guess people see you with different, like. I don't know different aspects of yeah. you yeah like if you spend say for example if so I've noticed with actually being online I don't know if you find this but um people make assumptions about like how your voice might sound so when you <laughs> actually meet them and yeah. you like they've never heard your voice or something like that which obviously now on this podcast channel is a bit different but um you know you might have an imaginary like I don't know if when you read even you have a read recent or I I didn't read I downloaded an audiobook recently because someone recommended a book. and It was kind of a work one. But It was about presentation skills and I thought I'll just listen to that while I'm running and then the voice and I was thinking I don't know if I would read in the style that she's reading so that made me start to think about when you read text, I do voices. Like, See? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I would just wondering, it's like when the author actually reads it that wouldn't have been how I'd have done the author's voice I don't know, it's just really uh, weird but yeah people are it's so multi-dimensional and mm. that kind of. And you do wear different hats and
1: different suggestions. You
0: do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. definitely. It's very cool. I think that was really interesting. Yeah, that's it that I won't, was. That from a book you read that or was it? I, really I was it online. It on okay. Twitter. Totally I have to explore that more because it's something that's really interesting. interesting. I'm so yeah. <laughs> 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 do that instead. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's Another one. (laughs) (laughs) Collect degrees or something. Yeah. (laughs) Subjects. But it's funny because in in hearing you speak Um, and I guess we had a quick discussion about this before we started recording was what's the title for this um episode. And I had noted with question marks uh the military medic as one. Um, and I was thinking, oh, well, I like alliteration, so what, I wanted to be around feminists, like the fantastic feminists. <laughs> but then, in hearing you speak, I, and I said, maybe this will come out, but I don't know what you think, but you've mentioned adapting quite a few times. So, and <laughs> so I wonder, is it the adapter?
1: Yeah, yeah Maybe that's it. Because that's what I was thinking. actually, I was going to say that to you. <laughs> We <laughs> must worry. have been like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> like telepathy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah it strikes me that that is kind of the kind of common thread that yeah. pulls all of i mean there's obviously common threads and there's a consistency in what you do and how you approach it and how you bring it all together but that seems yeah, to be, yeah it's true yeah i like it <laughs> well it's your it's your self-label but i think um yeah it really seems to fit how you describe yeah. yourself and the act the act of this of it it's not a label that's a kind of passive label that that's yeah. about your identity it's about who you are and how you are um so well that's what it seems to me anyway yeah i like it <laughs> I like <laughs> with like analysis along the way (laughs) oh well thank you so much for your time particularly okay well I'm glad it was fun but um well I hope it would be but um, thank you particularly given that you have an exam tomorrow that you gave up your time this afternoon for a fun thing Um, but yeah I've really enjoyed talking to you and I'm so glad that you agreed to take part in this because I think you have just such an interesting um, career so far and interesting career ahead and I hope To be able to invite you back um, to hear when you work for the (laughs) UN, (laughs) honestly, we're just keep tugging. So Victoria Kincaid, the adapter, thank you so much. Thank you.